Rifki, that was so good. It was. It was we, such like, a nice balance of script and schmooze. It was script and schmooze. Script and schmooze. Hi, I'm Alex Luxure. And I'm Rifki Silver. And this is Normal From Woman. The podcast where we embrace the complexities, nuances, and joys of from womanhood. Normal From Woman is supported by CB's Shook. Located in Cleveland, shipping worldwide, CB Shook offers a variety of beautiful and affordable head coverings and accessories. All the latest trends and styles of beanies, headbands, snoods, tickles, pre-tides, baseball hats, and more. They also carry Sonoga athletic wear, perfect for exercise or poolside. And Kalas get 10% off all hair accessories during their engagement and Shonari Shona. Open by appointment only, call 718-734-8474 and follow CB's Shook on Instagram and Facebook. Welcome back to the podcast. It's midweek post-Yanto season, and we hope you had a chance to listen to episode 16, which is all about getting back to normal and dealing with life transitions. If you haven't had a chance to listen, which we totally get, this is the perfect time to catch up because this week, this is the week that we are getting back to normal. Yes, this is it. Rifki, you're going to be so proud of me. I even bought a yearly calendar just last week because it feels like this is the week that my year actually starts. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, I, I know I'm totally embarrassing myself in front of you because I am very late to the game. What is this October buying a 18 month calendar? And by the way, almost all of those 18 month calendars are sold out at Target. And I am pretty sure that yours is probably half bills out already. This is true. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we balance each other out. <laughs> that, that we do, Barra <laughs> So this is the week where we are desperately and frantically trying to make a normal life for ourselves. Normal yep. shopping, eating, budgeting, working, sleeping, exercising, you know, the list that goes on and on. <laughs> you got that right. So we are here at Normal From Women to, of course, validate you. We see you. We are all in this together, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Okay, so now we've taken care of that. On to the topic of today's episode. This week, we're talking about staying connected. And by that, we mean staying connected to our Yiddishkeit, to Hashem, to our religious identities. And this topic is important to me because I see how much my own connection to my Yiddishkeit and my personal avoda has waned and waxed over the years and how that has really affected the way that I function as a wife, as a mother, as a community member, as just as my own relationship, even with myself, like my mood and the way that I'm able to approach and deal with whatever curveballs life throws at me because we know that there's always something coming around the corner that we don't anticipate um, that can throw us for a loop. And when I am feeling more connected, I really handle those curveballs so much better. And when I'm less connected, boy, do I not handle them well. (laughs) And I know know this is a topic that I I think really is deeply relatable to everyone because we're always having those moments of more or less connection. And And I think that mostly as from women, we're always striving to find a way to increase our connection. Right. And then we feel bad or guilty or inadequate if we're not feeling connected, I think, because it's like, wait, we're religious. We're from we're you know, if we're mothers, we need to be good examples for our children. And then we ourselves may be like going through those, like you said, the waxing and waning periods where we might be, you know, struggling at certain points of like, wait, but I know I need to like 
you know, I need to feel connection to Hashem. What is going on? Why am I struggling so much? So absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a really big topic. You know, connection, it's maintaining that connection. I think there are lots of angles to it. It's probably my favorite topic to discuss. Um, I've written about it. I, I've mentioned it in different classes that I've given. I think it's very relevant. I, I personally think about it a lot over the various stages of my life. And, you know, it comes up with a transition, you know, from singlehood to marriage, from, you know, singlehood to motherhood, um, seminary life to that life of responsibilities and the adult world where we're always sort of taking pulse. Like, how am I staying connected to my Judaism, to my values, to what's important? When am I feeling like I'm drifting away from it? When am I feeling that I'm like, you know, really you know, strengthening it. Um, and all those various points in life where we may be struggling with life challenges and staying connected to our Yiddish fight may not come so easily. So I think it's a really relevant topic. Absolutely. And uh, we felt that this was the perfect time to talk about staying connected because many people um, may experience a heightened sense of connection during the month of Tishrei with all the Yamam Tovim. And despite the many logistical challenges that come with this time of year and just like the physical exhaustion that I know I personally experienced, this particular mm-hmm. tish rate was a little bit grueling for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, it really not got, just for you. Refugee, yeah. Not just for you. For everyone. I know. I was seeing all around Instagram. Everyone was like, you made it. Congratulations. Yeah. Everyone gets a trophy this year. It was really hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, just, you know, in the midst of all of that constant air of constant preparation, constant everything... We are really forced to focus on the mitzvot that the calendar brings and to pay more attention to our spiritual well-being, more so than really any other time of the year. It's true. And I'm feeling, even though I'm very grateful to have, you know, this Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning normal, yes. Shabbos normal, I do yes. feel a bit of that bittersweet, like, that was really nice. There's some really nice moments where I really liked being disconnected. I really liked those Shabbos and Yom Tovim family time. So, you know, it is spe- it's a definitely a special time of year. But sure. now that's all over. I know. Time to go I back w- to real life. Yeah, I know. I was, I was actually, I was sitting with my husband in the sukkah Shmini Yitzharas night, and I was saying like, I really appreciate Shmini Yitzharas this year. Like, I, you know, I don't want to leave. Like, I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, even though mm-hmm. I do desperately, yeah, want to be back to routine. So I really, I felt that particular. Nikuda. That's beautiful. Um, and that's the goal. That's Shmini at Saras. Yeah. So, you know, ultimately the question here for us today is how do we stay connected and maintain any inspiration like you had, Rifki, there, that Shmini at Saras meal that we have, you know, may have felt at some point over this past month. Mm-hmm. So we reached out to Gila Ross, a Jewish educator in the UK and host of the Power Up podcast to share her insights. Gila has that kind of connected energy, and we knew that she was the perfect person to have on this episode, and she does not disappoint. That's right. By the end of today's episode, we really hope that you'll feel a little more motivated to make sure that your own spiritual connection isn't on the bottom of that never-ending to-do list. So here's our talk with Gila Ross. We hope you enjoy. Welcome, everyone. We are delighted to have Gila Ross all the way from Manchester here with us today on Normal for a Woman. Welcome, Gila. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. We are really thrilled to have you. And our topic today, as you know, is how we stay connected. And when I think about your podcast, Power Up Podcast, and the videos that you do on social media, you really seem to be really connected and passionate about your Judaism. I think you're the perfect guest to talk about this. And Thank to you. start, we would just love to like hear a little bit about yourself, like tell our listeners about you, 
And as well, I want to know, like, how did you get to this point in terms of your, you know, excitement and passion for Judaism? Is that natural um, for you or is it something that you feel like you need to consistently work on? Okay, those are really good questions, including the one about tell me about yourself. Someone asked you that, you're like, oh my goodness, like, what do they want? <laughs> I know, right? Um, yes, it's, it's always like the conversation stopper. So, you know, I wonder, Gila, like the professional interviewers, if they even ask that question, maybe there's like some rules about not asking your, you know, your guests, tell us about yourself, because people are like, <laughs> uh, don't even know where to begin. <laughs> or, or they have it scripted and like record, you know, um, yeah, they- yeah already okay so um I'm originally from London England and then when I got married and met um, when I met my husband and got married we moved to Israel for um a couple of years and while we were there we did Nered Aleph which is a um, outreach training program and from there the um for anyone that doesn't know what Nered Aleph is it's a it's a program where it's a two-year course where you make a commitment to go to a smaller community and do outreach for two years um in the community so when we finished the program, a uh, job came up in Berlin, Germany, and we took it. We were there for a year and a half. And while we were there, a friend of my husband knew someone in Calgary, Canada. And he said, you know, they're looking for a young family to come out and, and do some, some outreach and, and work there. And the first thing I did was, of course, Google it. I had no idea where Calgary, Canada was. And I looked at the map. And it was just way out west. Anyway, my husband went on a pilot trip and we ended up there. We were there for four years. And after that, my as my kids got older, we needed a bigger community. And we moved to Vancouver, Canada, also on the west coast of Canada. We were there for six years. And same story, my kids got older. We needed more infrastructure for them. So we moved back to Manchester, UK, about four, just over four years ago. Um, so that's a little bit about me and how I kind of ended up here. And along the way, I guess, you know, um, perhaps the most transformative moment for me was when we were living in, in Calgary. And one of the ladies there, there were very, very few from women there. And one of them, she said to me, you know, we'd love to have a parashashir. And at the time, I, I had never really given speeches before. Um, I always knew I wanted to teach and I loved teaching and I had taught kids before, but I never really taught adults before, but there was no one else to do it. So I was like, okay, fine, do it. And I remember preparing and I was like sitting in the car because it was in, in a lady's house and I was like going through it before. I was like almost sick, like with, with, mm-hmm. with warrior, um, you know, how it was going to go. And I gave it and the ladies were amazing and that's it. I never looked back. And, and, you know, I've been, I've been teaching in, in, you know, in-person classes and more recently over social media on the pod on, I've got my own podcast as well. And um, where we do, where I do like short little inspirational ideas. So that's a little bit how I got involved in teaching and um, outreach. Well, I have to stop you before you get to the second part. We also got a job opportunity in Berlin, believe oh, it or really? not. Maybe no we could have been there together, but Aww. yeah, I don't know. We, we decided like, it just wasn't like my husband was thinking about going to Kirov and, and those years. Then he decided to do medical school, but Berlin was like a little too far out. <laughs> How many years ago was it? That was, um, probably like 16 years ago. When were you there? 16 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> when, 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 that's so crazy. Yeah. 
What was it when they were starting the curl there? Yeah, exactly. That is exactly. wild, so wild. Our claim to fame was we were the first family to move in there. Oh and my gosh. You guys are real pioneers. Yes. Wow. Yes. One of the reasons why we took it was because we're both from England and Berlin was closer by. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was a stepping stone yeah. to being in West Canada, which was not close by. Amazing. <laughs> we just had to play that that bit of Jewish. That's incredible. I, ne- I never knew that. I never knew that about you, Alex. That's so fascinating. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, past life. Okay, so tell us tell us about how you stay inspired. Tell us how you are, where you are today. And or I'd love to hear if it's something that um is something that you like really need to work on or if that's just sort of your natural personality? So I think that is a really, really good question. I don't know if I've really thought of that question before. And I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking that I don't think there's such a thing as anyone who is always connected. We all have ups and downs. Um, and perhaps I think the difference is, is figuring out what we need in order to stay connected. And I think... You know, over the years, um, thank God I have a large family. And one of the, the things I've learned over the years, and I, this was, again, transformative when I was living in Calgary and there was a Rebson there, um, Rebson Miller from, she's she used to live in, in, in Pittsburgh, but they, her and her husband came to be the rabbi of Calgary while we were there. And like, she had a huge impact on my life. And I, I remember her saying to me, like, she, yeah, at the time I had like three little kids. I had like a five-year-old and a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And we had her over for, for Shabbos lunch the first time she came. And obviously, you know, I served it on proper dishes. And she looked at me and she's like, this is not the time in your life to do it. And it was like such a transformative moment for me. Because I think I'm not, I don't think I'm alone in, in that when you're young and you're, you know, involved in, in, you know, life gets, I think, very busy, very, very fast for a lot of, for a lot, a lot of women. And you hold up all those crazy standards, like I've got to be, you know, serving on proper dishes and I've got to have, you know, a first course and, and, and whatever it is that your, your standards are. And like for someone to actually turn around and say, hold on a second, don't need to do that, right? Like figure out what it is that you need to do and what it is that you don't need to do, right? This is not the time. I remember her telling me as well, like, it's not the time to make meals for other people, right? Like, and, and, and when she said that to me, it sort of gave me permission to figure out what it was that was important and what it was that wasn't important. And, and I think perhaps that was um, an opening in order to figure out was like, what did I need to, to stay connected? And what could I let go of? Because sometimes it's also the things that we that we're holding on to that are that are you know pulling us down, that when we let go of them, we can sort of you know feel more more connected as well. Does that make hmm. That make any sense? Yes, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, like take away those extraneous things because um, they really they don't help you stay connected. Often, making things simpler keeps your priorities straight. Yes, like you know, a, a lot of the. Uh, I'll give you another example. We 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 thank God we host a lot for Shabbos, and a, a lot of times I get I get people ask me, you know, especially people that are in outreach or in a community role like this, like how do you do it? How do you manage to have guests all the time? And Part of the reason why I'm able to do it is because I have much less standards, right? Like I don't feel like I have to have, you know, this perfect meal because when you when you feel like you have that extra pressure on yourself, then 
then then it makes it much harder to do it. And then you start resenting things. And, and when you sort of can give yourself permission to say, hold on a second, why is someone coming to my house for Shabbos? They're coming, yes, it has to be a nice experience. And yes, the house has to have a, a certain stand. Like you can't go to a house where the toilets are disgusting, right? Like, you know, it's a certain level. And, but they don't need the three types of dessert. They, they don't need, they, they're not coming for that, especially like the type of people we host, they can go to a top quality restaurant, right? They're not coming for for for, for the you know the, the the thing. They're coming for for the atmosphere. And when you can sort of say to yourself, "Hold on a second, like I don't. I, I, this is what I can do, and this is what I can let go of." And 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 some of that pressure, we take that pressure off ourselves. I think it's easier to to stay connected to what's the important things. Hmm. Beautiful. I really like that. Okay, so believe it or not, Yantav is over, right? The whole Shabbos Yantav, Shabbos Yantav, Shabbos Yantav marathon that we all made it through is finished. And, you know, I know that I, as busy as it is, like there's that real spiritual, like um, just excitement that comes with like being constantly involved in a Yantav in some way, shape or form. Um, we're immersed in the ritual and the beautiful experiences but then when it comes to Cheshvan and it's like, you know, Mar Cheshvan, there's nothing there. It's just kind of like empty. It can be a little bit like of a low feeling. So what advice can you give to our listeners as to how we can stay connected after Yantav and move into this different time period, this, I guess, calmer in a sense time period as far as the Jewish time goes, but to still hold on to that kernel of inspiration that we hopefully connected to during Tishrei. So, so, um, I just want to say something that for any anyone that's listening, that's hearing that question and thinking, oh my gosh, I am so pleased that month is over. For some people, you know, yes, you know, you get you get that 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 amazing spirituality and the inspiration. And for some people, for whatever reasons, there could be a lot of reasons, your family situation, your not family situation, work situation, whatever it is. The month of Tishrei is very, very stressful. So if you're one of those people that is listening to that and thinking, I am so pleased that month is over. You made it. Give yourself a pat on the back. And and, and, and it, it's okay to, to feel like that. And I think um, the first thing to know is, is also is that transitions is very hard, right? So that first week or the first two weeks, right, when, when you know, Yom Tov is over and you're settling back into routine, whatever that routine is for you, whether it's it's back to work, whether it's sending kids back to school, whatever that week of routine looks like for you, expect it to be difficult, right? Because when you when you go in, and, and I remember this a lot when we used to live in Vancouver and we used to come back to, to um, we used to come back for to England for Yom Tov, then we would go back at the end of it. And like the first week back is just like, crazy right you're dealing with jet lag and whatever else and and then like when I finally realized it's going to be hard right and whatever your circumstances are that first week back when we're transitioning from the whole month of the arms of back into normal life expect it to be difficult it's not because you're doing anything wrong it's because transitions are difficult right transitions are 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 difficult that being said um I I heard um, an incredible parable marshal from from a red hat which I think really really um um illustrates how, what, how we should um, deal with this. So we tend to feel like, you know, we should always feel inspired and we should always be connected. 
that's not real life, right? And if you, and if you look at, at the, life is, is a pattern, and, and we see this um, right in the beginning when, when we became a Jewish people, when God took us out of, of, of Egypt, right? So what, what, what did we have? We had the 10 plagues, and we had the splitting of the sea, and it was incredible. We were on such a high spiritual level. And then we go straight into the desert. Now, what is the desert? The desert is a metaphor for a place of darkness, of death, of no growth, right? And then at the end of it, we come to to the the giving of the Torah, right? Where, where God where God gives us the Torah. So what what is what is this? So so the truth reality is that this is a pattern that we always have, right? And there's 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 a chokhmah to, to the pattern, right? Hashem made the pattern that way. Why? Because stage number one, that stage, if you think about it, of the ten plagues or the splitting of the sea, or in our lives, that if you feel connected to to Yom Tov, it's Yom Tov. Or if, if whatever your inspiration is, that's stage number one, right? Sometimes, you know, you hear a, a, something inspiring or you see someone inspiring or you read something inspiring and you're like, oh my gosh, that's what I want to be when I grow up, right? And um, that's stage number one. That's the inspiration. We think, oh, that's me. You know, this is it. I've got it now. I've got it covered, right? The first two days of a diet, I've been eating like healthy. That's it. I'm, I'm good now. That's not real. What it is, is a gift from Hashem, in order to show us what we can become. But then we go into the desert. We Hashem takes it away, right? And we go into a phase where suddenly we feel like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. What am I doing wrong? I don't feel inspired or I don't feel connected or I don't feel thing. It's normal. Why? Because this is the phase where we have to take that gift what, which Hashem gave us of who we can become, and we have to integrate it into ourselves. And then when we do that, we get to stage three, which is what happened to us then when we, when we got the Torah. And it be, we become people, this time it's real. I'll give you a little um, example, um, which is very topical for me. I've got a 60-month-old baby, and he's just kind of learning to walk. And if you, if you put yourself in the mind of a baby, right, when, they, when they're just learning to walk, you know, you're holding their hands and they're walking and they think, wow, I'm walking, I'm doing it. And then you let go, right? And if you think about it, the, what happens is the child falls. And if you go in this mind of a baby, you probably thinks, my parents are so mean. How can they let me fall? But we as parents know that they only actually learn to walk when we let go. And that's the same thing. So I think when we go through these periods where we feel disconnected or we feel like it's hard or we're not sure like it feels kind of like the lights have gone out we have to remind ourselves that it's it's not that we're doing anything wrong this is the time where we take whatever inspiration we got and we make it real and then this is what's going to transform us into 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 better people because of it does that sound kind of it sounds it sounds phenomenal it's yeah exactly it's um no, I love how you pointed out that, A, not everyone loves Tishrei. That's very, very, very validating. And then also to, to, not, to not fear like the times of, or to read the times of disconnection, but to view them in that way as a, a, a time of integration and as a completely normal phase to even anticipate. He's like, oh, not like, oh, what's going on? What's wrong? What, da, 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 but just to say like, oh, now I'm part of this phase, and then this is my this is my avoda for this phase. My avoda is to try right. to integrate. And, and it's like you said, Rabbi Rabbi Tat said, this is how he designed the world. This is the nature of inspiration. Yeah. The challenge, though, I think, is sometimes that we don't expect it, right? So when we don't expect it, we think something's wrong, right? right? But when we when we realize that 
this is normal. It's normal. Like, you know, like you have periods when you're more connected, you have periods where you're, you're less connected. It doesn't mean I'm doing anything wrong. It, it's, it's, you know, it's those times where, where I have to re as, as you said, it's, um, that it's integration. Mm. Beautiful. So I like to sort of step back a little bit, maybe define our terms, you know, when we're talking about staying inspired and staying connected, um, for many women, like, their immediate point of references, let's say when they were in seminary, um, where, you know, we're forming our personal relationship with Hashem and our own, you know, identity and Yiddishkeit, and we're just focusing on ourselves, and it's so much easier that way. And then, you know, like the typical story, you know, get married, have kids, Merz Hashem, daily grinds, jobs, supporting families, and it's like, they don't feel connected anymore. You know, there's this struggle. Um, so let's, let's talk about like, Gila, how would you define staying connected in terms of Yiddishkeit? And is that something that maybe we need to relook at and redefine as our circumstances change? So, I mean, I'm smiling as, as you're, you're talking about it. Cause I think anyone that, that went to seminary can totally relate, right? Like yeah. it, it reminds me of, of, of a meme, right? Like it, I was a great parent until I had kids. Right? I love like, that one. <laughs> yes, so true. <laughs> it's like, it was a great event Hashem until real life started, right? <laughs> it's the same thing. Cause and, and I think it goes back to to and, and I wanna I wanna say that I've I've got a, a daughter who's 14 and she's starting to talk about seminary already. And, but she's I know, I know she's way too young, but whatever. And 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 like I'm a huge, I'm a huge believer in seminary. I'm not, so what I'm just going to, I'm just want to qualify that I really, really believe in, in seminary. And I think like, I keep telling her, she's like, why do I have to go to seminary? I'm like, whatever, we'll, we'll talk about it later. But I, I really believe it. it. It makes you who you are. But again, I think it goes back to the thing that we are, we don't often talk about, which is that you have those moments of inspiration and step the next thing is it is going to go right that inspiration is going to you're going to have whatever hopefully you have you had an incredible year in sem but that's not real life right that that when when you leave sem and if let's say you had a a great year and you leave sem you're you're like that if you want to go back to 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 what we spoke about you're like when the jews just saw the, the the splitting of the sea yes they were an incredible spiritual level but it was it was given to them right now go through integration and it's the same thing with us right like you know you you go to sam and you come out and you feel like so spiritually connected which you should right and and but then you've got to integrate it right like it's not real yet you haven't gone through life you haven't grappled with it you haven't um um and uh, um alex you asked what do i what do i define as connectors i don't know if i'm qualified to say it but in my opinion i think connection is someone who continues to have a relationship with god right because when you're 18 it's one thing but we go through life and and life is not always easy right you we have challenges and it's not the same where you put out your sitter and you instantly feel connected there are times where where we feel like Hashem what do you want from me why are you throwing this this at me and that at me and real life you know a person our connection means continuing to have a, um, a relationship you're in Cleveland right so you know Rochi Kovar so I just mm-hmm. I just yes. 
I just recently interviewed her for, for, for my podcast. She's incredible. And one of the things that really stuck with me, which she said, is, is that faith is worth fighting for, right? This, this is her, to paraphrase her. She says, you know, she's, it's, oftentimes we think you either have faith or you don't have faith, but it's something that you have to fight for, right? And I think that's, to me, what a connected Jew is, is someone who says, I am in it for the struggle, right? But I, you know, it, it, again, it's another myth I think that we have is, is that it's supposed to be easy and it's supposed to be fun and it's supposed to be joyful. And it is, it is. I'm a huge, huge proponent that, um, 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 that we have to tweak things. If things aren't working for us, we have to tweak it. We have to find the joy, etc. But we also have to be realistic, right? Life is not just a bed of roses. Life has ups and downs. And, and when it's worth it, we fight for it. Hmm. And we can't allow the struggles to sever the connection. The right. struggles have to somehow strengthen our connection. Or at least make us think about our connection. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you know, you say you say the struggle strengthen our connection. And at the time, it might not feel like it, mm-hmm. right? It might like like the struggle is weakening our connection. But if we if we continue to fight for that connection, it will strengthen eventually. Right. But, it's the fight. You you have to fight for for it. And, and hmm. that's great because right, because sure, yeah because when a person's in the low in the low part like in a low point. And their connection with Hashem, and when their life is when their life is full of a lot of struggles that are overwhelming. Like you know, it's not like we're like, oh, and now we have a struggle, and this is an opportunity to grow. It's like we have a struggle. Like <laughs> what is? <laughs> it's like what is going right. on? Like why is this happening? Like you said, like what do you want from me? Um, and yeah, I think that sometimes it's, it's, it could be years, years down the road before we can see, like, oh my gosh, like I had to go through that so that I could then have the tools to deal with this other thing that came up, you know, seven years later or whatever it is. You don't always see, obviously, the payros of this, but but um, in the actual moment, it, it can feel very bleak and not at all like a growth opportunity. I do want to validate that. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Um, so I guess, Gila, I know that a lot of your, a lot of your experience has been in smaller communities, with, you know, with different types of Jewish women. What would you say... Are women's typical challenges in staying inspired, staying connected to Yiddishkeit? I know we've talked about this a bit already in the interview, but um, depending on the severity of the struggle, what kind of um, negative ramifications can result, you know, if a person is continuously, chronically not connecting? Right. Look, you know, it's it's a relationship and 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 God forbid if if if, if a woman, if we don't fight for our connection, then we can lose that connection, right? And, and you know, I'm sure we all know women that have, have lost that connection. I, I would say, though, as, as for, let's take it back to ourselves, right? I think it's really, really important to ask ourselves, what is it that I need to stay connected, right? Like what, it, and, you know, sometimes it can be like, a, I'll give you a, a silly example, but I think it, it, it's, it really shows how sometimes it's such a small thing. I was talking to a young mom and she, she's, um, she had also like a five-year-old and a four-year-old and, and, and a baby. And she's like such a good person. And she wanted her husband to go to Sean Shah this morning. And I don't know if anyone of our listeners can relate to that, but I can so relate. We, we were living in Calgary time. There was no era of, and I remember being stuck at home with, a, you know, a five-year-old and a three-year-old and a baby. And 
like, let's talk about practicalities, right? The five-year-old and three-year-old are probably fighting. The baby needs to be put to sleep right then. You put the baby down to sleep and the three-year-old comes running into the scre- room screaming, waking the baby up, right? Like, it's, it's, just, it's just mayhem, right? And obviously, when you're in that situation, you're not going to laugh, Charlotte. You're not going to laugh sending your husband out, out, out to shore. So I said to her, I said, why don't you hire a, like a, 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 a high school girl to come and play with the kids so that you can put the baby to sleep while your husband is out on shore? And it was such a, like, it was, and she said to me, like, I remember her like crying. She's like, but I should be the one to do it. Like, I'm the mother. And, and again, it goes back to what I was saying. It's like, sometimes we put all that pressure on ourselves. And I was like, no, your job is to make sure it gets done, right? It doesn't have to be you by yourself. And she actually did um, end up hiring um, a high school girl. But like, it's such a small, if, we, if, if you think about it, right? It's such a small thing to go out, if you, you know, and, and call up a high school girl and say, can you come play with my kids for an hour on Shabbos morning? But it changes everything, right? And sometimes, you know, you can think, oh my gosh, I hate Shabbos. When that's not true, you don't hate Shabbos. You have not figured out a solution that works for you. So I think, Sometimes it is the big things, right? Sometimes, you know, God forbid you have you have existential questions or you have, um, you know, crisis or whatever that happens in your life. But sometimes it's just a question of looking at your life and saying, what is it that's pulling me down, right? What is it that I'm finding it so hard? And how can I tweak things so that I, I, I start to enjoy it again, right? So, 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 so I think it's very, very important to sort of, Take a look for ourselves and say, what is it that I need, right? Is, is this the thing that's putting it down and how can I tweak it? Or is it the fact that I'm not getting out to learn or I'm not reading something inspirational or I'm not surrounding myself with people that, that are pulling me up? Like, what is it that I personally need so that I can continue to fight to have that connection and I can enjoy my life as, as, a, as a from woman? Hmm. I love that. I mean... I think it's really important what you're saying is we just sometimes like instead of making a mountain out of a molehill, maybe it's just a small issue that just needs to be tweaked and fixed. And then that's going to change your entire outlook on that entire mitzvah. Right. It's logistics. It's just logistics. (laughs) A lot of it is, right? Like if you hate the mess in your kitchen on a Shabbos afternoon, find a cleaner to come in. Pay a te- whatever it is, you know, ten dollars, fifteen dollars, whatever it is, for an hour to clean up your kitchen so you can enjoy Shabbos again, right? Sometimes it's such small things that we tweak it, and and it just changes a lot of things for us, right? And then when you change that one thing, sometimes there's that cascade effect of like, oh, and now these other things that were stressing me out now don't stress me out because that one big stressor has been you know fixed, and so it yeah. can have like a nice trickle down effect too. I'm um, having just like a random thought. Um, you know, sometimes people may feel like certain mitzvahs or observances may be um, overwhelming or stifling to a certain extent. And I'm wondering even if this could apply to that. Like, let's say someone has like a very high standard of tzniyas and they're struggling with it for whatever reason, but maybe if they just like tweaked it and said, okay, so I'm not going to do, I don't want to give specifics, but I'm going to step back. I'm not going to be so strict on X, Y, Z. And then all of a sudden, maybe there's like a certain burden or weight that was relieved and they're still keeping the mitzvah, but it's a little bit more pleasurable for them. But Gila, I'm curious, would you, would you, would that apply Do you think in terms of specific mitzvah observances? Um, so I, I would say I would, okay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be a little bit careful here. Cause I, I, um, I think yes and no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's nice on the fence answer. I think it, it can 
but um, it, it it can be it can be tricky. So I think you have to speak to either Rabbi or Robertson to to to. Let, let me give you. You, you brought up sneers, so I'm I'm going to say it right. Uh, I'll use that example. But let's say someone hates wearing shells, for example, right? So that doesn't mean you have to stop covering your 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 neckline and your elbows, but you can find different style of clothing that works for you, right? Like sometimes we get sometimes. It's not the actual mitzvah that there is, but the pressures that we're putting on ourselves surrounding the, the, those, those mitzvahs. Does that make sense? That, yeah. Like, you know, it's it's like I feel like I've got to be. And and I think one of the nice things about about Instagram, for example, is that there are so many. You know, it opens our, our eyes to a different different world. And again, it's slippery slope because you have to make sure that it's within the parameters of halacha, but. You can see different styles, right, of, of, of from women who are dressing sneers, and, and it can inspire you to say, okay, you know what, I don't love that style. I don't want to look like, your, you know, your, 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 your from stereotypical woman, but you can still dress in a sneers, in a sneers um, um, fashion without, without um, looking like that. I remember, like, speaking to a girl, um, um, who a student of mine, and she was, like, saying, I'm not Haredi because I don't look like your typical and, and what she meant was like I don't like wearing a shell and you know the a-line skirt that like the typical thing but that doesn't mean I was like do you do you cover your elbows do you cover your 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 collarbone like and she's like yes of course like whatever and that, that you know like that the shell look is is not is not it is serious but it's not how we define whether you are or not fulfilling halacha, it's just one way of doing it, and and you can give yourself permission to to do it another way, or you can look for other ways other ways to fulfill it. Does, does that kind of? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Okay, so our, our last question for our talk, and I'm sad it's coming to an end because I'm learning so much from you. I know this uh, is such a nice conversation. <laughs> tell us, talkless, some practical things that we can do on a day to day basis to stay connected so we don't feel like our Judaism is at the bottom of our to-do list? That is such a good question. So number one, I think, to know that Hashem wants us to be happy, right? Like, I, I think, like, you know, I don't know if it is or isn't, but like, we don't have to be a martyr, right? Like, we don't have to, like, we, we can practice being from, but do it joyfully, right? Bring And, and make sure that you are, you know, looking after your basic physical needs as well, right? Make sure you're eating well and you're sleeping well, and 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 if you know, exercise, moving, exercising as well. Because if you're not looking after yourself physically, everything is going to be harder, right? So that's I think number one, and I know that probably wasn't what you were looking for, but I think it is it is an important part part of the equation as well. And then the second thing is that just after, just like we have to look after our body, we have to look after our soul. And what does your soul need in order to stay inspired? Is it is it that you have to listen to 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 shiurim? Is it that you you have to find time to read? Um, is it that you have to surround yourself with with friends that are also growing? Is it that you have to have a role model? Like all these things are really really important, and it's very easy to to get caught up in like I don't have time. I don't have time to do to you know to do X Y Z. But just like you have to make time to eat properly and to sleep properly and to think, even if it means getting less done, right? Which is like, wow, what do you mean? Do less? Yes, do <laughs> less, right? Um, um, and, but the, the same is that we have to, we have to look after our, our, our soul as well. So I think, I think that is, is, is um, 
what I would say is I really think it's more of a mindset shift than, than anything else that we have to realize that that we are not last right if um, you know and and if we look after ourselves and I don't know I don't know how many of of your of your listeners are are mums or wives or whatever but for anyone that lives in the world you're involved in other relationships with other people when you're happy other people like being with you and you affect them as well right so take care of your own happiness right make sure that you are looking after yourself physically and spiritually even if it means doing less even if it means making uh, you know serving serving a, a less fancy supper or or or, 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 or you know freezer meals or whatever it is people appreciate happy people right so 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 do what you have to do realize that i have to make sure that i'm taking care of physically and spiritually right i have to provide for for my for myself that my, my physical needs are taken care of and 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 my spiritual needs are taken care of so that i can stay connected and find what 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 it is that that you need um, on on a daily basis, right? Whether it's you know, if you need to read five minutes a day, if or something thing, or if you need to, you can listen to, to. There's so many opportunities you can listen to to podcasts. You can find in, um, inspiring people on Instagram. Like there's, there's so many opportunities that it's really hard to say we can't we can't do it. It's just a question of 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 making sure that it is a priority for us so that we stay connected. Um, uh, um, all the time. I love your individualized approach. I think it's, it's really refreshing. Um, looking, you know, in words. And I also just wanted to mention that I think like our emotional state can directly impact our spiritual state. How we're feeling emotionally can determine how we're feeling spiritually. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I, if you've ever had a bad night's sleep, right? Like everything is harder, right? Try <laughs> getting ready for Shabbos when you haven't had a good night's sleep on Thursday afternoon. Like, everything's harder. It's not, and it's not necessarily that Shabbos is harder. It's just that you're feeling depleted. So it's, it's much harder. So 100% your, your, your um, emotional state and, and our physical well-being affects our emotional state as well. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. It's all so interconnected. And I do love the, the guidance <clears throat> of to just like to look inward and to assess what how, what we need to do to fill ourselves up in a way so that then then we can look outward and say and then I can give you know but we whatever it's cliche but you can't give from an empty cup we know that and mm-hmm. this is a, a good way to say what does it take to fill my cup so that I can then go out and, and be functional in a happy way. Well, Gila, thank you so much. We it has been such a pleasure talking with you it's like such inspiration and like practical inspiration and wisdom and normalcy and um you know i know our listeners are going to benefit from this greatly and thank you so much for your time thank you so much for having me and thank you for the questions a lot of them were were really like they were all great but a lot of them made me think which is the one the type of questions that um i love best so thank you so much it was really um a pleasure to be here Now it's time for this episode's takeaway. We ask Gila for practical tips as to how we can make staying connected to our Yiddishkeit a priority in our daily lives. What is one tip you like from Gila? Or what is one that you can come up with yourself that will work for you? If you have a calendar or a planner, put it in. Start even once a week. See how it makes you feel to prioritize your spirituality in your daily life.
Now it's time for five questions with a normal from woman. Today's normal from woman is Julia Shaneman from Baltimore. If you could be any month in the Jewish year, which month would you be and why? I think my month would be Tishrei. It's such a combustion of emotions and every aspect of a relationship. And then you end with this tremendous hug and celebration with Hashem and with all your favorite people. And it's just, you know, tremendous. It's just a month of beauty and joy. What's your favorite mitzvah and why? You would think that having become from and learned the mitzvahs that I could pick one, but I really have no idea. And I think I'd have to say that my favorite mitzvah, even though it doesn't fit cleanly into a category, is giving. I really enjoy being a resource to people and being that puzzle piece, that connector, that shaliach for Hashem. What do you do to recharge? I recharge in different ways depending on where I'm depleted. Shabbos is obviously a recharge, and I love saying nishmas and learning a little bit of living amuna and sharing that with the Facebook group and my WhatsApp groups and just being able to tap into that really helps me develop a practice when I'm challenged. I also take time to get my pedicure and my sport is shopping. So that's a good way to recharge for me. And just spending time with family and friends. There's no one I'd rather be with. And thank God for me, professionally, I get recharged at work, even though it can be depleting sometimes in general. I've always loved what I've done, whether it's been in nonprofit or in my business development work now. What do you love about yourself? I take pride in my ability to juggle and stay organized. COVID definitely undid me. I feel like it took away my superpowers and juggling the kids' schedules and the different teleconference lines and the non-working tablets crashing with security software, but I feel like I'm getting back there. I'm, I'm getting to my superhero speed, being able to juggle work and family and community and just feeling like I have a hold on things until Hashem shows me otherwise. What do you think the from world needs more of? I think the from world is really just a nucleus for society as a whole. And I think we all need more respect and unity right now. We so desperately need to be willing to listen to each other and not just be ready with our defense or our offense. We need to connect more. I just think we have so much to learn from each other, so much opportunity to grow, hearing someone else's perspective, navigating their truth. Uh, I truly believe that there are powers that are working to divide us, um, both in terms of the firm community and the general society. And I find that when I'm open to hearing from someone else, when I'm willing to just listen, when I'm willing to validate their perspective, even if I disagree, then I gain so much from that relationship and that we create harmony in the world. I know it sounds cheesy, but there's such shattered life right now. It, it's just so sad to see humans so disconnected and so violent towards each other. And I think it has to start at home. And I, it, it's a 
tremendous process. It's not easy. We all feel so strongly about our own perspectives. There's so much that we can all be working on, but I think that when we have peace around us, when we can connect with others with a willingness to open ourselves up to what we might learn from them, everything else is a little bit easier. Thanks for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, feel free to share an episode with a friend. You can also like and share our social media posts on Facebook and Instagram. Speaking of a to-do list, could you be so kind as to take a minute to rate and review Normal From Women? Alex and I would so appreciate it. It really helps our podcast. See you next episode.